Hi, it's Shade. Hi, it's Rolake. And welcome to episode seven of The Other Side of the Atlantic. Rolake, how are you doing? How was your week? I'm doing well. I had a long week. I'm so happy it's Friday. It was really long with work and exhausting. So I'm glad the weekend is here. How was your week? (laughs) Yes. I had a really stressful week, um, but I had some... So last weekend, um, I had a picnic for July 4th so I had a few friends over um and we went to a park near my house and had a picnic nice. and, and saw fireworks um so it was really nice oh. we got to see fireworks from the picnic it was such a lovely night um a really great group of friends it was a smaller group um but it was a really really nice um weekend and then this week <laughs> I have a funny story to share so I went to the dentist on Monday and I got hit on by the dental hygienist um, <laughs> he was hitting on me complimenting my teeth saying my teeth were so like so beautiful and straight asking me if I had braces before and I haven't I, um but it made me think of a story of last year I had to get teeth pulled and I went to a dental uh, surgeon and this man was so hot like he was like he looked like he belonged on Grey's Anatomy. Beautiful black man, like five ten, five eleven. I think he went to like either like some Ivy League university to get his medical degree. And I had complications with my mouth, so I had to go back to him. And he's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." Um, and he gave me his cell phone number. He was like, no! I, 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 I ended up not calling because I felt like so stupid. But he's like, oh, if you're having any more issues, reach out to me on my personal line. Um, and I was like this close to calling. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Do you still have the number? He I sounds to, really hot. I have to find it somewhere. Maybe make an excuse to go back to his office. <laughs> <laughs> and then what about the guy this year? So is he cute? You said no, he's not he's hot. not. He's not hot. Ah, okay, okay. I mean, he wasn't ugly, but he was definitely not as close to the. the Gosh, you need to tell me what you wear when you go to the dental hygienist. I wear, I wear, I wear leggings and a baggy t-shirt. But I guess my, I guess my, (laughs) I guess it's my teeth that draws them near. So you do have lovely teeth. (laughs) Thank you. You You do as well. But this reminds me of last year when I was in New York. I moved my bank to another bank Mm -hmm. branch. And the guy who was serving me was this um, Trinidadian and he was like so helpful. And it was actually a HSBC premier bank and mm-hmm. I'm like HSBC normal, mm-hmm. but he like did everything for me, even though I, I was on HSBC normal. And then at the end, I was like, why is this guy being so extra nice? And then he like gave me his number and he was like, oh, like we need to hang out that you're here for the summer. And anyway, basically at the time I was like, yeah, America or people just put you on you. But he's actually been so helpful. Like during lockdown, he's been helping me with stuff. Oh and wow! Account, he's like switched me over. Um, yeah. So all these professional flirtations are useful. See, I always wonder, like, are they just doing that because we're clients? And if you date guys like that, like, are they going to be doing it with other clients? Good point. Yeah. So Good I, point. I never ever date guys like that because, like, clearly, if you're going to hit on me, you're going to hit on like every other girl after me and before me. <laughs> but is this, yeah. the, is this the bank manager that like convinced you or conned you into signing up for a credit card? Yes, it's him. 
definitely flirty with me to get me to sign up. I no, no, I don't. I don't think so. But I do think that like he did con you into signing up for a credit card. And he then, didn't. Like, he didn't con me. He did it. It wasn't a con. So like, basically, my account wasn't working. So he he found a quick solution, which was set up a credit card mm-hmm. that you can use right now. And then he he even reminded me. He was like, just make sure you pay it off like before you go back to Lagos, so you don't okay. incur any charges. Um, or maybe it was a call. No, or I don't know. He probably got commission, but hey, you got a credit card and I'm sure points. he did. Yeah, <laughs> bonuses, so. oh, good, good, good. Yeah. So that was a funny intro. Um, so this week, uh, we have an even funnier main topic. We are going to be talking about Will and Jada. So we know you've been following the news um, or the celebrity gossip um, on Will and Jada. Um, we'll get more into that in the main topic, but we're going to be talking about unconventional relationships. So open marriages, long distance relationships, um, marriages where people sleep in different bedrooms or live in different houses. Um, so we're going to give you some famous examples and give our opinions on their relationships and whether we would enter unconventional relationships. You already know the answer, but we're going <laughs> to tease you anyway. <laughs> And then our wildcard this week is on um, the beauty of adult friendships and also the not so beautiful ones. So we're going to be talking about, um, yeah, friendships uh, during uh, adulthood, uh, what makes them good, what makes them bad and sharing some personal experiences. Great. Let's get into the episode. So welcome to our What I'm section this week, where we tell you about what we've been watching, reading, and listening to, and in general, following in the previous week. So Shade, what have you been watching in the last week? I watched uh, Les Miserables. So not the 2012 movie based on Victor Hugo's book um, about the French Revolution. This uh, movie came out in 2019. Um, and it's basically about these uh, group of boys who are mostly of uh, African and Northern, well, African and Arab descent who live in kind of the slums of Paris and the police um, officers that are tasked to monitor the area. Wow. So it's, so basically they have like the different like kind of sections of the neighborhoods and the, the, um, the you know, you have the minority um, the residents and then the mostly white police force. So you have like the, over-policing of Black neighborhoods and kind of the racial um, biases there. But then the police, this particular unit, they're really corrupt. And what happens is that, but like the police actually work well with some of the, the leaders in the neighborhood, right? So, um, but they do like a lot of corrupt things. Um, and what happens is that there is um, a gang of gypsies who run a circus. And one, they suspect that one of the, you know, Arab, um, African, uh, people stole their lion. lion. They have a baby oh. lion. Yes, a baby lion cub. <laughs> <laughs> that is missing. It sounds ridiculous, but when you watch it, so they have a baby lion cub that is missing from their zoo and they come, the circus, and they come into like the black and Arab neighborhood and they're like, we, we want our, you know, lion back. You have until however many hours to produce him. And the cops not wanting like a gang war between the gypsies and the you know Africans and the Arabs, they are tasked to finding the lion, the baby cub. So it's literally about them. And it sounds really silly, but it's such a good- Is movie. it a comedy? Um, it went, it's not a comedy though, it's a drama. It sounds like a comedy, yes. not. it sounds really silly. <laughs> it sounds kind of silly, but it's not. So basically, um, yeah, so- it's about them trying to find the line. And are there some um, and similarities with Le Miserable? The, the mm, no, 
No, I wouldn't say so. I love the musical. So I actually, the musical is one of my favorite mm. movies. Um, but it's it's so good to see like modern day France and how these different mi- minority groups um, mix together. Um, and there's kids. So that a lot of the main characters are kids. I, I don't want to give away the plot, um, but it involves, it's, uh, revolves around the kids. Um, and it won, it won a Cannes Film Award um, in 2019 and also won a Caesar, a few Caesar Awards. Amazing. So it's actually a very, yeah, it's a really, really good movie. I highly recommend it. It's Les Miserables um, and it is on Amazon Prime. Amazing. Yeah, yes. what have you been watching? So I finally finished Little Fires Everywhere. So I watched the finale on Wednesday. How'd you like I it? I loved it. Oh, all that trash, we were talking about it. All that trash, <laughs> as like rubbish, Kerry Washington, rubbish. But I think taking like a few weeks off, then coming back to watch the finale made me appreciate it more. Um, it was really good. So yeah, I take back some of the trash I said. The finale is fantastic. <laughs> Very well done. Um, but other stuff I've been watching, because it was a stressful week, I watched a lot of um, mm. comfort TV, as I like it. Okay. So I watched British Bake Off. Lots of come dine with me. Lots of fun. where do you watch come dine with me? Do you watch it on DSTV? Yeah, on DSTV on BBC. Okay. Um, I can't remember the name of the channel, but it's one of the BBCs that we get on. I'm. You remember come dine with me is my favorite TV yes. show. So I've been trying to find it oh, in the US. No. I can't find it. I love that oh, show. I absolutely love find it show. on YouTube. Yeah, I think I can. Yeah. Yeah. But they're old episodes. Yeah. But the main new show I've been watching is called She's Got to Have It or She's Gotta Have It on Netflix, which, <laughs> yeah. which is about this girl who lives in Brooklyn and she's um, uh, African-American. She's an artist, but she also teaches. And it's just about her like love life and her sex life in Brooklyn. And it's, it's good. It's pretty wild. I watched the first two episodes a while ago and I was like, hmm. It's it's I'm I didn't really get it. Plus my mom was always in the room, so it was awkward. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a lot of sex and everything. But um I started watching it again and it's actually it's good. So I'm enjoying that show. Have you seen it? Very good. I haven't, but I do remember you talking about it when you first started. Yes, yeah, so it's actually it's really good. I, I encourage uh I recommend it. So um good, what have you been reading in the last week? So I started um a new book. I finally finished my um other book. Um, the Girl with the Louding Voice. It was actually 400 pages. It was a lot. Um, and yeah, it was a lot. And then also like being, you know, not really being encouraged to read <laughs> because it's, we're in the pandemic and home. Yeah. Um, so I finished that last week and I highly recommend it. And I started a new book. Um, it's called um, I'm Lying, But I'm Telling the Truth by Bassi Ixby. So it's a collection. Yeah, it's a collection of sh- short stories. Um, and it's a collection of short stories about her life. Um, and it's, it's really, there's like a lot of trauma that happened. Um, she was diagnosed with like bipolar disorder. Um, Bassi Ikbi is actually a poet. Um, she's pretty popular in, um, in the US amongst like, you know, that poet community. I, I've known her since um, mid 2000s. Mm. Um, and I, it's, it's okay. Um, maybe if I read a bit more, I'll start liking it a bit more, but I feel like what it's trying to be or what I want it to be um, is this book that I read earlier this year, also by another Nigerian um, woman. It's called What It Means When a Man Falls from the Sky. And it's a collection of short stories. Oh, you um, love that book. Like, I remember you. I do. I, I love it. It's my favorite book that I've read this year. And I've read some really great books this year. Um, but that book is by Leslie uh, Neneke Amira. And it was amazing. And I feel like that's what I want it to be. Um, and it's not. <laughs> so 
I'm trying to give it some grievance and uh, and try to like. I'm trying to um, be open-minded, and we'll see. Uh, I'll give you an update. Okay, I like we'll it. Yeah. I like it. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. What have you been reading? So I've not been reading any books, but I have been following um, some poetry on Instagram. So I've been following mm. uh, this girl. Her Instagram is at k.tolno, and she reminds me a lot of Rupi Kerr. So Rupi I have her last book. Yeah, yeah, you do. You introduced me. You, you introduced me. I love her. She's just so like yeah, raw, too. very raw emotions. Um, a lot about love and heartbreak. Um, so yeah, this girl reminds me of her. So I'm actually because I don't have many other things that I've been following. I'm gonna read out one of the poems, and they're really short. Um, so the name of this one is "The Stillness Reveals Everything," and it goes: "The silence has taught me many great lessons." It somehow became the mirror in which I saw myself clearer. For it is in the stillness, the truths are visible, just as calm waters simply show what hides beneath. Minds at peace has a tendency to see this life as it is. So whenever the weather becomes too turbulent and I lose my sense of direction, I come back to this, a haven within myself of no noise and no distractions where I tend to find what what has been there from the beginning. Um, but, that sounds beautiful. Yeah, I'm just loving her page. So I, I recommend following her. So um, what have you been listening to? So I've been listening to um, Black Parade by Beyonce. So she put this song. Have you heard no. it? No. Okay. So she put this song out um, during the, you know, riot, the rioting and the, um, and the protests. Um, after George Floyd's death and Breonna Taylor's death, and it's a it's a pro black song, I love it. Um, but it's, so it's like you know talking about like you know being black for like being um, proud of like your black you know culture, and then she references like you know um, like the African culture. But love there's it. A really funny part. There's a really fun, funny part in the um, in the song, and she's like talking about the waist piece, and she says beads from Yoruba. <laughs> She's trying to say you're about, but she says beats from your. Love. And I like laugh every time she's so funny. So funny. She reminds me of someone else we know. <clears throat> you said it earlier, just said Leslie Ineka, and you. Were- Past 
three years. So my uh, three year anniversary of being back. In the US, Whoa! <laughs> yeah. So in, yeah, yeah, I know it's been it's been fast. So I've been grateful for all of the friends that I've made. Um, in the last episode, I told you that um, while I met some really great people, Rolaka included, while I was in Nigeria, I also had um, some friendships that really um, kind of rubbed me the wrong way and made me... It's kind of friendships. Yeah, so um, it's really been hard trying to trust people and open up to people. And I've met some really awesome, genuine people um, in the past three years that I've been here. So I'm just grateful for that friend network and being able to build up a friend network um, in a new city as an adult is not easy. Um, so and Balaka is much more social than I am. So I've been having to force myself to be social um, and meet people. And I've been really grateful for the people that I have met. What are you grateful for? Um, I am grateful for, I don't want to say friends, even though that was on my <laughs> and because we're talking about friends today um I'm grateful for having a lockdown that really has been good in so many ways so you yeah. know we kind of feel guilty saying stuff like that and you know just keep praying that you know we keep healthy um, and our loved ones keep healthy but I, I really am grateful that we're able to wake up every day um, work relax be with friends and family and there's no panic because, um, yeah, just speaking to people who have been affected, I just can't imagine um, what that's like. So I'm, I'm really grateful for health um, and for having a lockdown that hasn't been marked um, with um, any tragedy or sickness. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Okay. So that's it for our What I Am section this week. And we'll move into our main topic now. So welcome to our main topic for this week's episode, where we're going to talk about Will and Jada, um, Greta Paltrow and her husband, and unconventional relationships. So in the past few weeks um, in the news, um, I'm sure most of you have heard that um, R&B singer August Alsina uh, came out. He was promoting his new album, obviously, um, and he came out and said um, he and Jada had been in a relationship. So um, he said that Will, basically sat down with Will, man to man. Uh, and by the way, August Lassina, I think he's like 27, 20. Yeah, he looks so young. He looks like a baby. And Will is 52. Yeah. So I don't know how someone almost <laughs> half their age can sit down with you, man to man, and tell him that he's sleeping with you. As anyway, as in, so he basically said he sat down with Will man to man and, and Will gave him his blessing to uh-huh. um, go forward with a relationship with Jada. So obviously when this came out, everyone was like, we've been new. Um, because, yeah. And not like, so um, like I remember a few years ago where I would see August Alsina and Jada, they would be loved up in pictures. Will would not be in sight. Um, he took her to the BET Awards and he was like, she, he was grabbing her waist. It looked like a couple. Wow. Um, and you would all, and you would see them in just very random pictures with Will nowhere. In and was there speculation at the time that you know everyone was speculating okay. like like why are you? Um, and you know just the background. Will and Jada have all people have always been speculating about their relationship. Um, it's been you know said by a lot of people that they're in an open relationship. It's been said that they're both even gay <laughs> or bisexual. Oh gosh. <laughs> Um, it's been, there's a lot of speculation about their relationship. They're both Scientologists, and we are like, they, you know, 
They're, yeah, oh, yes, that's the biggest thing. That they're both sight. They're both. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yes. So, you know, there's a lot of people who are in the Church of Scientology who have very weird ways. So it was not, you know, out of the realm of possibility to believe anything that, honestly, to be honest, anything that I've heard about Jade, Jade, Jada and Will's sex life, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Because... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just, they're just very unconventional people. So I, a little background. So apparently August Alcina and, um, and Jada were introduced by their son, Jaden. And Jaden, I think, when, when, when August Alcina, I think, might have been, like, in his early 20s. Um, and Jada, Jaden, excuse me, is, um, is about eight or nine years or eight years younger than August Alcina. So it's actually kind of weird that they would even be um, in a, yeah. a be friends because they, they were, he's so much older than Jaden. So that was just weird. Um, and, you know. The, the the Smiths have very weird parents. I just I just um, have a feeling that Jaden was dating him because the craziest thing I know about the Smiths <laughs> is that they let yeah. Jaden or Jada. No, I the Jayden, son was Jayden, dating Augustus ah. before. Yeah, because the craziest thing I know about them is that like Jaden and all the other or the daughter. What's the daughter called? Mm-hmm. Hello, yeah, saying how, yeah, like I lost my virginity under my parents' roof, and they knew that night it was happening, and I. And they like, you know, we talked about it and we had all this like, you know, d- discussions before he or she came over. So all I know is that they are like really <laughs> unconventional parents weird. and weird parents. Yeah. Surprisingly, yeah. Jaden was dating this guy before. I'm not. To be honest, I've heard rumors that every single person in that household is bisexual or gay or something. Yeah. So I would not, I would not be surprised if it was that oh, way. And I actually God. even heard... When this initially came out two weeks ago, I've actually even heard that August Alcina was also bisexual. Oh, he used to be pimped out to, he used to be pimped out to like men before he became. No. So it's just a lot of okay. yes, it's just a lot of weirdness going on in that family. So obviously, when the news came out, everyone was like, "Again, we've been new. Like it was all weird. We've always we've seen the pictures." Um, and um, Jada came out and said it was a lie to her representative. And then um, two days after that, she, you know, she has this uh, YouTube series. It's actually very popular. Called she, she tweeted that she was bringing herself to the table. So um, <laughs> we don't know. We don't know when that's going to be filmed, um, but it'll be very interesting to see what happens. Um, and if she admits to it, because we, even if they were, I don't know, something strange. What was it? Something, something smells rotten in Denmark. Or what is it? What is that? What is that? Um, quote. Or that I don't know what that quote is, but my dog is yes, making noises, yes. so he definitely thinks it smells. Something <laughs> <laughs> smells rotten in Denmark. I think that's the quote. So. No matter, something is weird. No matter if it's Jaden that was speaking with August, Will that was speaking with August, or Jada. <laughs> but then the fact that they've always said, hey, we have an open marriage, like, it's just nice to find it. No, they've never, they've never said they've that. Never they've never said that. They've always denied it every time. And then, and then on, the, on the Red Table Talk, it would be weird because Jada will say things like, oh, I don't know Will. Or, oh, we don't, ha- we don't have a marriage. We have a partnership. So it would just be like really suspect things that they would say to like lead you to believe that anything anyone says about them is true. And they're trying to promote Joe, you know? Times of COVID yeah, yeah. need as much publicity for Red Table Talks. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe. So do you want to tell us about our other unconventional uh, Yeah, I want to tell you guys about Gwyneth Paltrow and her husband of one year, Brad Falchuk. 
So they got married last year. And, you know, we all know Gwyneth has had a pretty interesting history of relationships and marriages. So she was married to Chris Martin from Coldplay. And they named their first daughter Apple. And that was like the craziest <laughs> ever celebrity name. I remember the time we're like, oh my gosh, Apple. And then now we have <laughs> Northwest and all these names. And we're like, oh, Apple was actually relatively tame. And, you know, we know that when Gwyneth and Chris Martin stood up, they were the ones who coined the phrase, or Gwyneth coined the phrase, unconscious coupling. So they were very... No, she actually she actually didn't coin it. Oh. So it was a controversy when, when it came out that it was actually coined by a psychologist and she basically stole it. Hey, so. yeah. <laughs> okay, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. But she thought it like... Yeah, she made it popular. For sure, she made it popular. Yes. So we know, you know, she's always had her own way of doing things, her own way of doing relationships and marriage and um, parenting. And, you know, since Goop has blown up, we've been seeing more and more into the psyche of Gwyneth Paltrow and, you know, how she thinks. So this is just, you know, one of a long list of things that is, is interesting about her and original about her. So, yeah, so they got married last year. And um, in June last year, she revealed that she and her husband, Brad, did not live together. And that typically mm-hmm. they would spend four nights a week at her home. Um and yeah, they, they like released this and, you know, in the news, it became a really big thing and it prompted a lot of debates about whether or not couple, couples need to live together in order to have a healthy relationship. So, or if it's healthy for them not to live together. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. so, you know, a few months after the news broke last year, they actually did move in with each other, I guess, external pressure, but, you know, <laughs> went on to discuss the advantages of living apart from a partner. And I have a couple of quotes here. And she said, I think it certainly helps with preserving the mystery and also in the idea that this person has their own life. Um, And then she says, you know, so this is something I'm trying to remain aware of now as we merge together. And then I also watched a video on it today. And she uses this word polarity, that living apart helps to regain the sense of polarity. I had to Google that because I didn't know what it meant. (laughs) (laughs) She's always giving us new psychology. So then she is. Yeah, go on. No, I was just I was just gonna say that there's a lot a lot of people do not like Gwyneth, but I love her. I love everything about her. I love that people still hate her and she still continues. I feel that's what I like about her. I don't, I don't really like her, but I love that she just doesn't give a damn. I love she just does. She her. doesn't. Yeah. She doesn't. Like, she is the epitome of like rich white woman. And if I came back in the next life, I want to come back as one of her too. Yeah, I, I love that about her. Yeah. Yeah, so let me tell you about the law of polarity. So apparently, relationship polarity is the ultimate key to passion. And in any successful relationship, Um, There needs to be an intimate connection and a sexual attraction. And polarity is that spark that occurs between two opposing energies, the masculine and the feminine. So what Gwyneth is saying is that living apart is um, encouraging that polarity to grow or at least to be maintained between them. So there's this mystery and their energies are working well together. Um, So, yeah, so that's it on the background to Gwyneth and Brad. So going into the next uh, part of the segment, we're going to give our personal opinions. Um, actually, no, before we do that, we're actually going to talk about other parts, um, other types of 
non-traditional relationships. So yeah. I had to Google some of these things and um, I learned a few things. Um, so <laughs> I, another type of <laughs> non-traditional relationships um, is relationships are polyamorous relationships. Um, so polyamorous relationships are basically when you and your partner just date multiple people. So you and your partner will both have a boyfriend or a girlfriend who will then, maybe more than one, who will also then have a boyfriend and girlfriend. You're basically just swapping fluids with other people. Um, so disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. Um, and there's also polygamous relationships. And that is when, you know, a husband will have up to five wives. Um, we have standard, standard in Nigeria, standard. Very standard in Nigeria. <laughs> whether, some, whether some women know about it or not. <laughs> Oh gosh! But wait, wait, before you move on, let's talk about polyamorous. Because I had a friend last year, I met her boyfriend, they vibe so well. We even went on this like trip together, like a group of five of us. And I just thought they were like such a great match. And then a few months later, she now told me that they have broken up. I was like, why? Why? That this guy I knew, it was so nice. And she was like, yeah, basically he said he was polyamorous. And you know, Lagos of nowadays, you know, polyamorous. Oh, he was in Lagos. No, they live in Lagos. Ah, Lagos. No, Lagos should say he's polyamorous. So upon all the normal promiscuity, he's now actually putting a label on it. And he just wanted them to have like, yeah, multiple uh, potential other partners. So she, she had to leave that relationship. I also have a funny story that um, I thought about when you were talking about yours. So I remember um, on the weekend of Valentine's Day, and this is very important, um, I went down down to my IT office um, this year to get a new laptop. Um, and I like to chat with like a lot of the, um, like, the staff in the office because a lot of people just like ignore them. Um, so like I'm cool with all of them. So I was talking to the one guy who's always helping me, the IT guy. And I was like, oh, any plans for the weekend? Um, I, I talked to him. So I knew that his wife had been sick for some time. And I asked him how his wife was doing. And if they're going to have like a nice uh, Valentine's Day weekend. And he's like, actually, um, I'm polyamorous. And my wife and my girlfriend and I are going to have a weekend together. And I was like, no. Ah. I was just so shocked. Because we're still in a professional environment. And he's literally telling me that he's... And I was, he was like, you know... And he just was so free and open. Instead of saying, I'm having a nice week with my wife. That's it. Like, why do I need to know that you're probably ever... To share. How old was But at I? work? And he's also in his, like, early... Probably early 60s. Ew! <laughs> exactly. Ew! He fits, he fits the bill. He's, like, a hippie. He has, like, long hair. Nasty. Like... <laughs> Very, he has long fingernails. Long fingernails. He wears rings on his. It was. It was. It, I, I'm like, why did you need to tell me? And every time I look at him, I'm like, nasty, oh. nasty. <laughs> so you just remind me of something I forgot to mention about Gwyneth. So guess what? When she went on honeymoon last year with Brad Foucher, guess who she invited along? Chris, her husband, <laughs> went on their honeymoon. Like, what? What is wrong with this woman? I know you love her, but she's weird. That is weird. I would never do that. But it's also good. It's better than the opposite of them being like hating, hating yeah. each other. And like, cause we, yeah, we, I've never heard anything bad about them. Like, you know, after their divorce. True. So I guess it's, I guess it's better than the alternative. So yes, we talked about um, polyamorous and polygamous marriages or relationships. The next type of relationship that I've just personally heard about a few months ago are called mixed orientation relationships. 
And what this basically is, Malaki and I talked before we were recording, um, and we were both in disbelief. But what it basically is, is when one person is gay and the other person is either a lesbian or straight. So how do these relationships work? I do not know. But (laughs) what I've seen, (laughs) I don't know. What I've seen is basically, there was basically a clip I saw, and you know, when I found out about these relationships, it was a clip about this reality show. And it was this guy who was gay um, and they belonged to the Mormon church. And, you know, the Mormon church is against homosexuality. And he basically would say, you know, I'm gay, but I just don't practice it. So he would like think about, you know, gay like sex and, you know, I guess watch porn, but not actually act on it. And like, I saw a clip of him and his wife when they were out and the guy was like looking at another guy and saying, oh, he's so sexy. And I'm just like, how can you guys want to be married? So, like, wow. It was just the oddest thing to me. And that's when I learned about that this is actually a okay, thing. Well, the, um, if you Google. Yeah. So the, the ahead, fact that he doesn't practice is interesting. So I'm actually okay with that. The fact that his wife knows he's gay and they're open enough and she doesn't mind that he fancies other gay guys. I'm fine with that because a lot of marriage and life partnership is companionship. It's not only sex. So if, if she's fine with that, I'm fine with it. What I have an issue with is if your partner is having sex with someone else, and especially if, you know, your partner is a woman and she's having sex with another woman and you're a man, then I have an issue because it's like, so you, you're not even sexually attracted to me at all. I don't like that. So yeah. I, I can see that, like, it not being an issue if they're, he's not practicing. But then also, like, in my mind, you know, when they're intimate together, I wonder if she thinks, like, what is he thinking about water? Is he thinking about another man? Like, it's because he's like, I guess he's bi. I guess most of these people would be bi, right? So, but mm, I have no idea. So, yeah. So, I guess Google or YouTube mixed orientation relationships and see what you find and um, send us a, you know, comment or a DM on our Instagram and, you know, let us know your thoughts. Um, and just one more type of non-traditional or unconventional relationships are long distance relationships. Whether it be that you live in the same country or just in a different part of the country or you live in a different country um, um, from your spouse. I mean, I've seen this in some, you know, in Nigeria, we're kind of used to a lot of these um, type of relationships only because maybe one person works in Nigeria and the family lives in England or the US or vice versa. Um, So yeah, those are our types of unconventional relationships. And now we are going to give off our, our thoughts on um, Jada and Gwyneth, but we're going to start with Jada and Will, and Malaki will start with her opinion. Right. So um, starting with Jada and Will, so what is my opinion on this marvelous couple? So <laughs> I think they are both very beautiful people. I like Will and I like Jada in their own right, very successful individuals. Um, but I just think they are um, slightly unhinged. <laughs> I mean, okay, so let, let me present both sides of the story. I really admire that they've had this long relationship for many, many years. Is it about 30 yeah, years yeah. now they've been together? Yeah, as, as old as, like, I think, yeah, as old as back in, you know, Fresh Prince of oh, Yeah, of course. Days, so a very long yeah. time, very long so time. So that I really yeah. admire, and we don't have many examples of um, those types of long-lasting um, relationships, and especially not in the world of celebrity. So I love that. And and that black and not black celebrities. So I yes. think black people 
holds Will and Jada up because we don't see as many examples. In and that's why I have a problem. Just because there's not enough <laughs> black happy marriages. People are now think that Will and Jada are the perfect example. And it's like, this is so sad that they are the ideal that's being held up just because all the other black marriages are shit. And I'm like, that's just pretty sad. Um, they're not the, I don't want to say that. that. It's just, it's, it's comforting. We've all known Will since, like, I mean, I'm 20 years younger than him, but I feel like I've known him all my yes. life. Like since, you know, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, since Seven Pounds, since I Am Legend, since I, all these great movies, yes. The Pursuit of Happiness. Like, yeah. I, like I, I've always known them, you know? So it's almost like kind of like family and they're black. You don't see this level of success with black people yes. who are married to other, who are married to other who black Who are married people, to right? other black people. So, That's a good point. And- and long-term marriages. So I think we just we just hold out in yeah. that, like, here's an example of a successful black yeah. relationship in yeah. Hollywood. And then, um, you know, so the positive side, and my, my dog isn't happy because he doesn't like the arrangement we have. <laughs> but what I do admire is that they're doing what works for them. Look, you know, everyone just needs to find the partner that can think like them and is willing to do whatever um it takes to keep that relationship successful so i don't want to measure them by my bar of what a happy relationship is or what a good relationship is that's for me and my future husband to decide so what i admire about them is they're doing it their way and it seems to be working and they're happy and their kids seem happy and stable um but i just yeah would not want to be married to either of them (laughs) they're crazy what's your opinion on them so I actually didn't see it like that, the fact that um, they're doing it their own way. Um, but I, I do agree. It's, it seems to be working whatever way it is. Um, like I said, when we were talking about them, anything I hear about their relationship, I believe, <laughs> because they just seem so really odd um, and weird. Um, but, so it's, it's, it's really hard to believe all the lies uh, about them. But I also, um, the thing I do have a problem with is the fact that they kind of, have their kids um, in this situation. The fact that um, yeah, friends with with August, and then you start sleeping with August. And even if they weren't dating or sleeping together, the pictures were so intimate, and you don't behave like that with your son's friends. Um, so that's my only problem is that it's too close to home. If you want to sleep with other people, do the outside of your family home. Don't bring it. Don't bring it in front of your kids. Your kids should never know. Yeah what's going on between your parents. So that's my only problem. But outside of that, like you said, they're still together, whether it's a marriage. So she has said their marriage has evolved into like a partnership or something. Yeah, I heard like that. She said it's not a, Gwyneth, it's a long-term partnership is what she said. Yeah, so, so which is fine for them. They're still together. I don't, outside of this, you don't hear anything about them doing drugs or beating up on each other. So if that works for them, then it works for them, but keep your kids out of it. That's yeah, great. agreed. Agreed, yeah. So what is your opinion on Gwen and her husband? Yeah, I have zero issue with it. I think, in fact, it might be something that I would be happy with. So right now they do four nights a week together and uh, three nights a week separately. Whereas at the beginning, I believe they weren't living with each other at all. So the living apart, Mm. each to their own, good for them. I wouldn't want that. Um, I, I like to be with the person that I'm with. I like to be near them. I like to know exactly what they're doing. Um, but I'm also a pretty independent person and I have a lot of things in my life that sometimes I kind of like the space to do them. So I, I like what they're doing right now, which is four days together and three days apart. And I think I would actually be really happy 
um, in that sort of setup. And I think it does help to, um, maybe not the word mystery, but it helps to keep the kind of excitement and the desire um, for the other person and to just like value that person and know that you don't have all their time or you don't have all of that person's time all of the time. And, you know, you're, you're lucky when you have it. So I kind of like that four to three rule. What do you think? So I, I do like it, um, but I just think in the context of a new marriage, it's probably not the best. I think when you're with someone, um, when you're newly married, you build that intimacy in that first year of a relationship. Um, and it, also her statements about them, like finding how, like how to co-mingle or, you know, knowing, not knowing each other. You're supposed to do that when you're dating. Oh, I didn't hear um, that part. So what did she say about No, no, no. What, what, so it was... Um, I'm trying to figure out where in the comment that she said um, preserving mystery or just I feel like you're supposed to know like I don't know like when you're dating that's when you get to know someone I understand the concept of mystery but like the benefit of being married you chose to get married <laughs> um, and benefit of being married no they did know yes. because they could just stay, stay dating I feel like the benefits of being married is to bond and share a space um, so I like for that reasoning I'm kind of like mm. but then also just in general I actually don't disagree with it either because I just love my personal space um, <laughs> yep I, I just love my personal space I love having my bed to myself I love you know cooking something and going into the fridge and it being there and <laughs> <laughs> no much anger than when you leave something in the fridge Ah. And it's not there when you come back. There's no feeling of disappointment. No worse. I'm telling you, I love, I love, like, I am a very neat person. So I love the fact that, like, I clean up my apartment and I leave and I come back and it's clean. So I do love the fact that I have my own space and I wouldn't mind spending, like, if it was for a reason, maybe my my spouse lived um, in a different city and then maybe we're living apart for a few, um, a year or so, or if they live in a different country, then we would see each other like every once in a while. I don't mind that, but it couldn't be long-term and we couldn't be living in the same city. Why are we living in the same city and living in a different apartment? Um, so if it was in the context of like us being in different cities for work or other issues or different countries, I could do it for like a year or two. Um, but long term, I don't think. It was yeah, I think you broke that down very well because I couldn't imagine living yeah. in the same city as my partner. Be like, hey, <laughs> let's hang out Thursday till Monday night, and then out <laughs> Tuesday till Wednesday. Yeah, that would be extremely weird. Um, but yeah, then yeah. in the context of maybe we work in different cities, um, then it makes more sense. Um, yeah. yeah. So then in our last part of this segment, we're going to give our own um, personal opinions on whether we would ever enter non-conventional relationships. Um, and if we were to, which uh, one would it be? Like, what about you? Yeah, so for me, like the last one you mentioned, long-distance relationships, I don't really see that as non-conventional. And as you say, it's pretty common with our Nigerian group of um, friends and community because often it's just out of convenience you know maybe you guys met in London or you met I don't know in Dubai and then one of you needs to move back to Nigeria or to another country for some reason and both of you don't want to give up your jobs so I don't really see that as unconventional that much and I having said that I wouldn't want to do it I wouldn't mind doing it for a short period of time but I think it's really tough to be in a different country especially when you have kids and one of you has the burden of the childcare. 
Um, so I wouldn't want to do it, but I would definitely be up for doing it for like a year or two. Um, yeah, just if it's unavoidable. Um, the one that you said that I just think was, in fact, they were, they were all pretty hectic, but the mixed orientation, never, 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 never. God forbid. Ah, so ah, ah, oh, there's so many beards going up around. Or oh, do you call the guy a beard if he's gay and he's pretending not to be? No, no, no. There's so many people looking for beards. So when a guy is gay. So many and, men. Yeah, there's so many men in Nigeria that nobody can come up. Wow. Yeah, I've had guys hit on me in the past two. One wasn't that long ago that I found out he was gay. And I was like, why is this guy? Mm. Like, there was just something about him that made me suspicious when he was hitting on me. And he was like very full on. Um, And then, yeah, I found out he was gay. Um, And so there's boys looking for beards in this Lagos town. Um, but are they being honest? Are they being honest and saying I'm no, gay? So I will think be gay. they're pretending ah. not to be gay. They will marry you. Oh, after they marry you, they will have children. Look, family. I have children. Ah. I have a wife. I'm a man. And then they will now start bringing men to your house or sleeping around. God forbid. So, so I know. I, I I know a person. Yeah. Um, who is gay and married to a woman in the U.S. And I know her, the only reason, and I'm pretty sure, I, I know for a fact now that the, the wife knows that she's, that he's gay and they have three kids or four kids by now. And I know the only reason she chose to marry him is to come to the U.S. <laughs> I know for a fact. I know for a fact. I know for a fact. So I think in, in that, yeah. So I, yeah. I, so I, is yeah. he American or Nigerian? <laughs> he's Nigerian American. Oh my goodness. Okay, yeah, so yeah, which so, kind of um, relationship would, would you do? None of the none of the above. I could do a long distance for a short amount of time, but I'm also like when I'm dating someone, I just want to be with them like you know as much as reasonably possible. Um, and if it was like a short amount of time, and it, I would only do a long distance relationship if I knew it was going to lead to marriage. Yeah. Um, because I'm not investing oh, my time that, and not going. Yeah, out. I'm assuming we're married already when I say we. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not gonna like not go out on dates. Hell no. What? Yeah. So like, I would only do that if it was leading to marriage. At, God forbid, like I'm 60 years old, unmarried, and like broken, destitute. I may, I may do a pol- <laughs> at polygamy. I may like be someone's third wife or something. And I have my own house. Yes. Um, Put me up in a nice, beautiful home, and I don't have to live with the other wives. I'm telling you, I don't have to live with the other wives. I don't have to sleep with you. I don't have to do anything. Um, I may do that, Um, but outside of that, hell to the no. This book my mom watches, which is called um, Third Wife. Okay, it's not called that, but. Big love, big love. Yeah, big the love. Mormon who has yeah. I watched yeah. it with her once or twice, but I get so angry. I get very, very angry that I, I actually can't watch a whole episode. It just it just really upsets me. It's weird because like my own thing is about like in, in the in Nigeria, I think we see polygamy in a different way, but in, in big love, like the guy's providing three different households. Like he's stretched out financially, mentally, emotionally. It must be a big toll. Um, on them. And one thing I didn't like is that he married the first wife no, and said that they weren't going to be in a polygamous, polygamous marriage. And then he ended up marrying two additional wives. So, um, horrible. Yeah. I just, okay, I'm yeah. not, I don't think so deeply about, oh, poor him. He has so much to, so much emotional baggage. <laughs> I'm just 
pissed off that this man just wants to have all his cake and eat it. And he can use religion as an excuse. And, oh, I'm helping all these women as an excuse. He's just basically like any normal guy. You see another girl and it's interesting because she's new. And he's just getting away with marrying all of them. I, I just I hate yeah. the idea. Yeah, it's, I mean, but the, the women aren't complaining, right? So they, they, um, they, you know, willfully enter into the relationship. So true. Uh, it's not not my cup of tea. Honestly, unless I'm like sixty and destitute <laughs> and have no other option, I will agree to be like a third wife as long as you put me up somewhere completely different, you know, from the other wives, and I live my best life. Um, but yeah. And isn't it crazy <laughs> that women our age are doing it now, right? You know, like in our culture, yes, women our yeah, age are, are being second wives, and they are. Yeah. What's, what's that pop? What's that popular? The, that girl that's like twenty who married that old man. Uh, I know who you're talking about, but I forget. Him. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a Nollywood actress who's like a third or fourth wife to the sixty year old man, and she's um and he's very rich, and she's like twenty one years old. So, listen, I don't know. To to each his own. <laughs> to each his own. All right, so that is the end of this very lively segment. We hope that um, you enjoyed all of our banter and our gist. Um, please leave us comments on our IG at Other Side of the Atlantic. Tell us if you would enter any of these relationships. Please, we, we want to hear. <laughs> please let us let us know. And if you don't want to share uh, publicly, you can always DM us. <laughs> Um, so yes, yeah, so let us know what you think um, on unconventional relationships, if you would ever enter an unconventional relationship, or if you have, or are currently in one. So please let us know on our IG. Um, yeah, and that's it for this segment. We're going to take a short little break and enter into our wild card next. Welcome to our wild card section this week. This week, we're going to be talking about the beauty of adult friendship. So um, the reason we wanted to talk about this is as two single women in our early 30s, um, our friends um, have really become, you know, family that we've chosen for ourselves. Um, And, you know, friends have really been the constant in both our lives as well as our wonderful families. But, you know, things have been tough with families. And as me personally, let me speak for myself, I've grown apart with one or two people in my family. My friends have really been um, a rock and been a constant. And my my friendships have also changed over the years. So the type of friendships I have now are kind of different to those I had in high school when you kind of had all the time in the world and you were exactly the same as your friends or those I had in uni where you were discovering yourselves. And whereas now I have quite a mixed group of friends and Um, It's just quite different how I relate with my friends now than I did when I was younger. So what we're going to speak about today is um, what are the signs of good adult friendships and what are the signs of bad adult friendships and also give some examples of people who've really been there for us, especially during COVID where things have been pretty tough and it's been a pretty lonely time and could have been even lonelier if um, we didn't have these friends who were here for us. Um, And it's often said that you're the sum of your five closest friends. So we really wanted to zoom in on this and and talk about the importance of um, good friendships. So firstly, we're going to speak about one friend each who has um, really helped us during COVID. Well, actually, not just one friend, but the friends who have helped us the most during COVID. So Shade, if you could give us um, some um, info on what's been going on with you. 
Okay, so I just want to clarify before we begin that these are the friends that we've physically seen. So we don't want to get any hate mail from our close friends wondering why we didn't mention them. So disclaimer, these are the friends that we've actually physically seen. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, during COVID. So um, yeah, I'm going to just go through some of the friends that have been physically here for me during COVID, making COVID a bit better. And the first one is Zena. So Zena is uh, a friend that I met last year and she started out as my tennis buddy and we became really close friends. Um, and why she's on this so list. Fun. Yeah, and why she's on this list is because it was my birthday in May. I turned 31 and it was in the middle of quarantine. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, it was in the middle of quarantine. I didn't have any plans. Um, and Dina came over and bought me a cake and we cooked. And it was such a nice low-key birthday. I had it, I didn't have any plans. I was just gonna like literally stay at home uh, because there was really nothing to do because it was still like the midst of the quarantine. Um, so she came over and she really, really made my day special. And I was very, I mean, eternally grateful for her just small sacrifice of like, you know, going out of way, out of her way to make my birthday special. So I really, very much. That's amazing. But yeah, sorry, someone you only met last year was actually the person who was there on your birthday. How did you guys meet? I, we met through um, this group, this Nigerian group in the area, and we just became friends through playing tennis and we would play tennis and we realized we would spend most of the time just talking so we were like how about we actually yeah our tennis skills really aren't improving so um yeah so it was very very nice, <laughs> very nice of her to do that it meant a lot and then i'm just gonna name some of my walking buddies um one of the things that i picked up <laughs> during quarantine is walking all around dc so some of my walking buddies um my first walking buddy is Bumi. Um, so Boomi and I knew each other in um, in Lagos, um, and I found out that he lived in D.C. Um, so we've been walking almost kind of since the start of quarantine, walking all around. And Boomi is like a legit walker, warrior, and sometimes it's hard for me to keep up. <laughs> um, and we walk really I well. didn't know about him. I remember walking with Boomi when he came to Denmark for a few days. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. It's a lot of fun to walk with. Yeah, he's a walking warrior, and we also have really great conversations. <laughs> so thank you, Bumi. And then I have two new um, walking buddies. Um, one is Chinwei. So Chinwei, I also very recently met, um, and we've gone on two walks already. Um, very, very fun walks and also really, really good conversations. And my newest walking buddy is Tola. Um, we just went on our first official walking date yesterday, and it was really fun. Um, so Thank you to all my walking buddies and to Zena for making this COVID time much better. What about you, Valaka? I love this. <laughs> I have warm and fuzzies listening. <laughs> so weirdly enough, I think it's both of us being Tauruses. We mm -hmm. seem to have parallel lives a yeah, lot of the time. Absolutely. So the and, I, and we don't see each other's notes. Well, we, we do see them, but I didn't read Shade's this time around. So my first person I put down was uh, Maiwa, who um, she's, is my walking buddy. But over my birthday this year, Maiwa and also Hilda is the second person I put down. They um, organized a really um, nice birthday party for me. So they sent over cake, like this amazing cake from Hans and Renee. And they mm. sent over loads of food, ribs and all the stuff I like. Um, and then I like organized a Zoom call with my friends. Where it was so nice that they were thinking of me and they sent stuff over to the house. You know how much I love um, Hans and Renee? <laughs> So yeah. I know just for that alone, just, just for that alone, so good. They're in my <laughs> right? And they're just both such great friends. We're both well, all three of us are in a WhatsApp group. Um, we're in a group. Um, I hope they don't kill me for sharing, but we're in a group called Girls Who Run the World, Aww. 
and we basically just hype each other up in that group. So, like we share what we're doing career-wise and work-wise and we just encourage and push each other and they both yeah really hyped me up in a time that has been pretty tough and stressful for me um, and then zooming in on Maya in particular because I've seen her the most out of anybody during lockdown so I walk with Maya almost every day um, there's maybe been a six or seven days we've missed. Um, she lives about five minutes from me and she's just a very consistent friend. You know, someone who, when she says she's going to do something, she does it and she's shown that through COVID. So thank you, Maywa. Um, and then uh, the next person I'm going to mention is my cousin, Shalewa, my cousin, best friend. I uh, love Shalewa. My out- <laughs> yeah. I love Shalewa. So, <laughs> so she better be listening. She better be listening to all of these <laughs> because she's that category of, cousin best friend that is meant to be listening to everything but yeah you know she's been great and I've seen her a few times during lockdown and then uh, the next person I'll mention is Joan who's my childhood friend who lives down the road from me but unfortunately we've only seen each other twice um and so we got to see each other at her sister's 40th which was really nice um really great to have her here she came home um not knowing lockdown was going to happen and she's stuck in Nigeria and then the last person I mentioned is Ashi, who is also my childhood friend, um, who also lives five minutes from me. And I've also really seen twice. Um, and Ashi and I talk a lot. So, um, yeah, she's like fully briefed on everything happening in my life. And she's just been a rock um, during this time. Um, and um, also we are now part of a prayer group that happens on Tuesdays. Um, so yeah, she's really been a rock. So thank you everybody who has been a wonderful friend during this time, but could have otherwise been very lonely. Yeah. And again, we want to um, clarify, these are, are the friends that we've physically seen, all of the friends that we have. Oh yeah, that we've seen face to face. Yes. All the friends that are texting <laughs> us and calling us, we love you and we thank you. Um, oh, so we love you. I'm so thankful. Amen. Yeah, seriously. Thank you guys who call amen. and text. Amen. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That is, yeah, clearly scared. That's what he's going to say. Why did you mention me? Exactly, exactly. Especially, especially because I bomb them with the podcast all the time. So. Oh yeah, but you haven't seen them. So this is a different yeah. shout out. Yeah. These are friends you've seen. Yeah. Okay, so well, now I'm going to move into what we think make um, good adult friendships. So, you know, things change as we grow and jobs and families and boyfriends and husbands. So what do we think make good adult friendships? So um, I'm going to go first um, with um, space. I think giving your friends space um, is really important and you're being able to do that for each other. So kind of loving each other, but like that quote, if you love something, you set it free. Mm. So not like the high school friendships where you have to do everything together. I think something that makes a good out of friendship is um, letting each other have other friends and other relationships and pursue other things outside your friendship, I think is a positive um, over to you, Shadi. I wholeheartedly agree with that. I think um, sometimes also loving people from afar. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> <is> that- <laughs> are those friends or no friends? Friends, like you know, sometimes people who are far, physically far from you, but people who you, you know, True. yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so yeah, mine is uh, reciprocity. So, um, yeah, so I think this is extremely important. I think you need to give as much as you take. Some friends just dump on you and walk away. Yeah. Uh, um, so I think it's really important. Um, like, you know, I 
my close friends who I like dump on and like you know <laughs> share all of my like emotional trauma and my bad days I also make sure that I'm there for them when they have their bad days and when they have any of their traumas and you know emotional and you know mental um mental traumas so I make sure that it's a give and a take in a friendship I think that's such an important one mm-hmm. um it can't be one-sided you can't always be the one dumping or always be the one reaching out or calling or texting it needs to be both ways Agreed. Um, the one I'm going to mention now is kindness. So it kind of sounds obvious. <laughs> but you'll find people that have been friends for a long time and they're just not nice to each other. <laughs> I would say it's not just being nice, it's actually being kind to each other. Like if you're going to be my friend, you need to be really kind. Because it's not by force. Me. It's not by force. We're, we're not family. Yeah. So it's like. Uh, yeah. The only family have that privilege of being complete <laughs> shitheads. Agreed. <laughs> Friends do not have that privilege because you can be dropped, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's quite important to me. Yep. So the next one is empathy. Um, yeah, this is really a big one for me. And, and especially just thinking about um, our previous episode when we talked about our, our, our um, dating horror stories, the story that I told um, with the person I dated. Um, I remember that time in particular and when it was going on and like one of the first people I called was Walk and I remember I was just crying and crying on the phone because I was just so shocked and traumatized and I just remember how just kind she was and empathetic and she made me laugh and made just the situation a really terrible situation much better. Thank you. Thank you. Over and over and over, but yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> empathy is really important to me. So I, um, a great characteristic of a friendship that I look for in people, and I try to display within myself is also empathy. Yeah, and I have some friends who I love but are not empathetic, and I kind of look at them. I'm like, y'all, I just broke down. I cried, <laughs> and you're not even, you're not even moved. And I'm like, it's very odd to me. It's like. For me, my friends, maybe I put a lot of pressure on my friendships because, you know, I grew up in girls boarding school. So a lot of my close friends have been close friends since age 10 or 13. So they, I literally count them as my sisters. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going through something, I expect them to be feeling it. And like, you know, that empathy is deep. So I have some other friends who are not that deep as me. I, I still love them. But it is really important to me that my friend can feel my pain and feel my joy. You know, that joy thing is important when you're celebrating, but the one that is jealous, the one that is actually calling that party for you, like, yeah, Rolake got promoted or Rolake got engaged or whatever. So, yeah, I think it's really important. I will. So my next I one just, is. I actually just want to add. Sorry, yeah. So, I, I actually used to feel the same way about like, you know, people not, because I, I think I am a very uh, pretty emotional person um, and then also emotional when it comes to my friends but I just realized that some people just aren't like that um, so I can't <laughs> no they really aren't and you really can't put it You're on right. them so like you know as much as they can they will try you know they will be happy for you but sometimes they can't be sad for you because some people are just like some women you know are just tough and you know, are just kind of like... You're so right. Yeah, as a tough woman around you. They don't want to cry with you or be sad. Exactly. (laughs) So we can't blame some of our friends because I have some some close friends who aren't maybe as super empathetic but are still there for me. Um, May not cry with me, but will still listen. So it's just really sometimes people are just different and we have to just love them for who they are. (laughs) I I, I so like how you put that across yeah and it kind of links to my next one which is a friendship that evolves as you grow so um I've had a lot of strain on some of my closest friendships because you know we've evolved at different stages some of my friends are married with kids and I'm not 
some of my friends are not so into their career and I really am. And friendships that can kind of um, hold the um, pressure and the testing of when your friend is doing different things to you and you're still interested um, and not necessarily empathetic, but you still want to know and you still care. Yeah. Agreed. So I, this is a huge one for me as well. Um, I think, unfortunately, there's some friendships where as we've gotten older, we've gone apart. And that's kind of why, you know, met love these people from a distance, because you still love them. And you may not talk to them every single day or every single week or month, but you still love them and still pray for them. So sometimes friendships, you know, grow together um, as, you know, you get married or have kids or move around. I mean, I've, you know, moved around from how many cities or countries or states um, in the past few years, and there's still that set of friends that I carry along in each um, each uh, different territory. I pick up some and I drop some, and it's just how you know things work, and they just evolve. And there's people that you just love from afar um, because just, it, it, it's just it's it's it is what it is. Um, you can't kill yourself. Like one thing, one of the things that I've learned as I've grown is that you cannot force anyone to like you to love you. You cannot force yourself to like or love anyone. You can, you can just, yeah, you can just love them from afar and still pray for them and their families and hope that, you know, they do well and, yeah. Wish them well. Wish them yeah, well. but Wish you don't need well. to be involved in every day. Absolutely. So um, the last point that we have is practical support. So being there for you when you're, you know, applying for a job, when you, you know, are dating a new person and you want to kind of talk to them, am I being crazy or <laughs> like... Um, yeah, um, just kind of have that person to talk to um, and just be there to support you through your ups and downs when you're, um, you know, I just, I think I, I have a cousin who's a few years younger than me, but I see her as my friend um, and she just took a really big, um, you know, professional exam and I prayed um, for her and I text her and I just kind of that practical support because I feel like I've gone through this journey with her. Um, as she's taking this, you know, medical exam, I had a friend who just passed um, her law degree. And I remember um, she took it the first time and didn't score high enough. And I remember telling her, you, you can do this, you can do this. And she took it again, and she passed. Um, and I, you know, just being there for people, yeah, being there for people when they need them, when, when they need you, and also having people there for you. Um, it's really, really big, because we all go through things um, you know, there, we all go through things, ups and downs in life. And um, sometimes you don't share those things until later because they're just so, um, they're so just traumatic or... It's so painful at the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So just having that practical support. I want to shout out to Shade for this, um, for practical support. You're a very supportive, practical um, friend. You're very, oh, to the point of, like, if you're going through something, you're the friend I can call who will literally like help me map it out, like map out that email, map out that phone call. Um, and I have a few friends like this. I'm, I'm very blessed in that regard, but you're like such a, you, you put your money where your mouth is. It's not just like, oh, I, I hope that goes well for you. Like as sincere as that may be. And you actually, you will pray for me and you actually like practically help me through it. So lots of love to you. Thank you. Well. And you the same as yeah. well. You the same as well. <laughs> So the next section is about um, loving on each other a bit. So one good thing, we think of each other as a friend. Um, so um, I'll go first since I kind of already started. Mm -hmm. That was spontaneous. But what I had actually written down was um, reasons I love you, Shade, as a friend, is you're just a positive and joyous spirit. And 
you just like no matter what's going through going on in life you have this joie de vivre and yeah you're like full of laughter and full of joy um and i think compared to me like people always say oh like you know you're always smiling but i feel like i can be kind of dark and i can go into like um a place where i'm like not so how do i put it light hearted i can be quite when i say dark i mean serious i can be quite serious like intense about work intense about whatever i'm doing but you are like such a light person like you may come home from a super stressful day at work where you've given like big presentation but you still want to laugh and like watch an episode of insecure <laughs> so i just adore you for your positivity and your amazing amazing energy um and also like you're just such a great friend at keeping in touch and following up and i feel like i'm very much like that so it's so nice to have someone who reciprocates and really does want to follow up with me um and then lastly um your faith and like how you really put your faith into practice um i really love that about you oh thank you so much what i love about you um is that i don't laugh with anyone as much as i laugh with you i think i mean you guys can probably hear oh. the podcast we just laugh like we've been in places where we've just like in public <laughs> laughing out loud like drunks like <laughs> we, we, yeah yeah there's very few people in this you know world that I laugh with as much as I do with Rock and I just I love like how our friendship is multi-dimensional I look at you as like a sister I look at you you know sometimes for a professional ear um to um kind of bounce ideas off professionally um i look at you as someone like i you know take all my my love um <laughs> you know you know issues and um things to you yeah <laughs> so it's really i don't have so but please keep bringing it keep bringing it <laughs> so just like a lot of multidimensional i think that's what, also with you know with faith and with religion and with god um really just multidimensional friendship and i think those are what makes the best friendships um and then also like extremely supportive as well like i gave the example of you know having that situation um we talked about a few episodes ago and one of the first people and personally i just kind of felt bad i'm like ah you know, I shouldn't have, you know, dated someone with like a child and she was like, it's not your fault. And just kind of like giving that, like sometimes when you kind of dump on yourself and you make yourself feel bad having that person to say, you know what, this is not your fault. And then also making me laugh in the situation as well um, as I was crying. So really being important um, <laughs> and just also a good listener, someone that I can, you know, talk to uh, almost about anything um, and just listens and doesn't judge and is there with a really good open ear. Um, and it's just always there. So we are five hours, you know, time difference. And one of the things that I look forward to is that, like, if I will send something to Alake in the evening, something that maybe, like, makes me sad or whatever, I will always have a response in the morning that makes me feel much better. So <laughs> very supportive. Aww, <laughs> love you. I love you too, boo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you. Okay, the next section is um, sign of bad adult friendships so we're gonna go through some of these as well and like Shadi said both of us have moved around quite a lot so we've had evolving new friendship groups and I'm so grateful that here in Lagos I met some amazing people like when I moved back home uh last two years ago now 18 months ago now um and yes just super grateful for that uh, I really feel like I'm in a phase of my life where I'm meeting great people but I've certainly met a lot of nonsense <laughs> friends um <laughs> We're just going to go through signs of that so you can spot them and stay awake. So the first one is a dominant person. So someone who 
doesn't really want to be your friend, but wants to be your like, um, they want you to be their doll. They want you to do everything they want to do. <laughs> and just to like fit into their life and their way and how they do things and go where they want to go. Um, and yeah, that's not good. And I, I feel like it happens a lot with females. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd say that's a bad sign. And what's so funny to me about just like that per- type of personality trait is like, we're like adults now. Like if I cannot go with you to every single event or like even like, it's just like life happens. <laughs> People who are like, you have Thank to do you. this. To, I'm like, we're adults. We have jobs. We have husbands. We have kids. Like what the hell? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the children. I, I, rem- like, I remember when I first came here, I met, when I first came to this DC area, I met this girl. Um, and I was like, hey, you know, um, <laughs> let's hang out. Uh, first of all, like uh, she asked me, she asked me for my name and I said Sade and she asked me if I was a robot and I was like, hmm. <laughs> no. And she was actually also already involved with that, you know, neither here nor there. Um, so yeah, I remember we were supposed to go out and then I text her, like, we didn't even definitely say we we're going to go out. Um, and it was like to an event with other people. And I said, hey, I'm sorry, I can't make it. I'm stuck at work. She never responded. And then the next day she wrote this like, lo- I don't know if I, I think I told you about it, Rebecca. She wrote this like long message as if like I was someone she dated or something saying how I'm such a terrible person. But, uh, I'm just like, are you mad? Like, first of all, I just met you. Second of all, I literally, we never even confirmed that we were going, I, but I I actually told you, yeah. hey, I'm not going to make it because I'm at work. It wasn't like I was, you know, doing whatever. So just crazy, dominant, like weird people. It's like, hey, we're in our thirties. Like, you know, yeah. Crazy. So yeah, that's, that's a really crazy personality trait. And then also another one is emotional blackmail. People who, you know, try to blackmail you emotionally because maybe you couldn't show up for an event or maybe you, you know, had something going on and maybe couldn't be there for them for a particular purpose. Um, you know, Nigerians, we t- kind of tend to do this sometimes if like, you know, we're, you know, yeah, we're, you know, if we have a, you know, an event that someone can't make it to, we will blackmail them. And it's like, people don't know what others have going yeah. on in their lives. Like, I'm sorry, I couldn't make it. I send my regrets. I will send a gift ahead of time or something. But, you know, there's sometimes things going on in people's personal lives that they may not share with you. Um, so don't think that, don't take, yeah. don't take things as a slight um, if, you know, this isn't the person's characteristic behavior or characteristic behavior. So true. I really agree with that. And then the next one we're going to share is a one-sided friendship. I think that one is pretty self-explanatory, but one where you feel like you're doing all the work and you're wondering why how come I'm always reaching out, I'm always texting, I'm always checking in, I'm always seeing if he or she's okay. There's something wrong there. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe kind of pause on the reaching out and see how much you get back in return. So another um, another side a, of a uh, friendship that's a, a sign of a bad friendship is uh, being jealous. So someone constantly like if you hang out with other friends or if you you know you do other things or God forbid you go somewhere and you forget to invite them and they get upset with you. It's kind of like again we're adults now. Like we're not back in our teen years. I had a friend. Yeah. I had a friend. You know, I have a friend. We went to college together and we literally do everything together. Um, but we were also like had no jobs and we were just in school. But like, <laughs> <laughs> I those days that you can spend the whole day exactly. with your friends and you have no job, no responsibility. Exactly. And if it was like, if it was like a day off from school, we would like what like it, it wasn't like what am I doing or what is she doing? It's like what are we doing, right? Um, which is which yeah. is which is fine when you are in college or you know jobless um, in your teens in your early twenties, but. 
yeah. as you become adults, it's like, you know, people have to grow up. <laughs> exactly. All right. So we're now going to move into the final bit of the section, which is we're going to share one bad thing about ourselves as friendship, as friends, because nobody's perfect. And we didn't mention this in good things about friendship, but I think forgiveness is extremely important. And I guess you mentioned space, but being, you know, uh, forgiving and giving people space to make mistakes. And, you know, a lot of this stuff is from your own perspective. So you may feel they made a mistake, but it wasn't really a mistake. So anyway, so we're going to share one thing that is bad about ourselves in friendships, and that's how we're going to end this section. So with me, um, one or two bad things about myself are I'm not good at confrontation. I don't like arguments. I don't like telling people when they upset me. I don't like sharing uh, when I'm hurt or annoyed, and I bottle things up. And I bottle things up and... Um, I don't let them out. And that comes out in other ways, which are not healthy. Um, and then often it just blows. At some point I just blow and I will be like, okay, like cut someone off. Like literally just cut off a friendship. Um, and that's super negative. And yeah, I really want to be better at expressing myself and immediately saying when I'm a bit upset or when something hurt me and not, not um, over um, estimate that like, oh my gosh, it's such a big deal if I tell um, him or her that that upset me, like just, being free to share stuff and um, not being afraid of sharing when I'm upset. That's one one negative thing about me in friendships. If you are my friend, you probably noticed I'll be annoyed and I won't say and you'll wonder why I haven't called you in forever or when you call, I'm always busy. Um, so I'm working on it. Um, Shadi, what about you? So this is one of the reasons why we're such good friends because I'm exactly the same way. Um, I'm... <laughs> I'm really, I am, I'm really bad with confrontational and it's really because I'm emotional. So sometimes like I know like, yes. yeah, growing up, like if I was confrontational, like if I did confront someone, I would start crying and I would never get, like I've had like, yeah, like friends, I've had so many moments with like friends where like something has happened and I just, I cannot, and even like, you know, people that I've dated, if I get like really upset, I just start crying. I can never get my point across. So I then just don't confront mm -hmm. people. So it was like always, and now that I've gotten older, I'm much better with it, but I still like cry all the time. Uh, but I, yeah, I just, yeah, Aww. I'm just not good with confrontation only because I also don't want to get like, yes, if, if it's a close friend, I don't want to get them. I don't want to, you know, have them be mad at yeah, the friendship. The friendship or have them be yeah, mad at me exactly and if it's something yeah. that I can just get over like you know just you know whatever get over it but then it doesn't help because it just keeps happening so I've gotten much better at finding ways to say things to people um and I think one of the great things um tools for me is text because I sometimes can't say things um, verbally without being upset yeah so I think text is a really good medium sometimes if there's you know people talk about you know not texting certain things you can't get the context of what you're texting um but I think for me that's a really good tool for me to be able to like say things to my friends um but say it with like a nice blow instead of a harsh one um and then also yeah, yeah and also you know resolve my issues that I have because it's you know not great to bottle things up and to let things slide because they just you know manifest into worse things um so that's a really great tool that I've been able to use to kind of get over that nice nice so this is the end of our episode, so the end of episode seven. Um, we hope you've enjoyed everything we had to share about adult friendships. Please tell us about your adult friendships. 
what's good about you, what's bad about you, what do you appreciate about your friends, come to our social media and send us um, some messages and comments on our posts. We hope you also enjoyed the piece about Will and Jada and unconventional relationships. There was an update since we recorded that piece last night. So over to Shade to tell us a bit more. Yes. So the update is that Will and Jada, um, we told you that Jada said she was going to bring herself to the table, to the red table. And she did yesterday with the red table. <laughs> she did yesterday <laughs> with Will, where she admitted to um, having an affair. Well, not an affair, because apparently her and Will were broken up at that time and, you know, were separated. But she confirmed um, that she did lie or, you know, she said her representative wasn't you know, she didn't authorize representative to say that it wasn't true, but she confessed um, and said that she had a relationship with him. And I appreciate how she didn't, you know, degrade him and try to like, I mean, personally, I think she confessed to it because he had some proof and there were some skeletons that are about to come out of the closet. Um, but yeah, everything we said, yeah. yep, everything we said during the actual, um, you know, recording of the main episode yesterday still stands. Um, so I don't, nothing really changes. I, like I said, I've always believed everything that's come out about the Smiths and this is exactly why, because it's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but you guys should definitely go and watch some of the, um, clips from the Red Table Talks because it was very entertaining. It was extremely entertaining. Um, I l kind of, you know, rolled my eyes and was kind of really shocked at the end where they said, Bad Marriage for Life, which is a play off of their bad boy. I know. Very, 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 very weird. Very off. Very left. Yes. Left point. Yeah. So I'm actually expecting. Yeah, it was odd. Yeah, I'm expecting a divorce announcement in the next few weeks because. I think they're going to split up. Yeah. Maybe not this year, maybe in a couple of years. Yeah. But I think they'll probably start living apart now and soon we'll hear that they're getting a divorce. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're living apart now. <laughs> Maybe they'll probably publicize oh, okay. that they're living apart now. But yeah, everything still stands. But Will was almost crying. William, Will Smith, sorry, looked like he was about to he die. He did, he did. And I'm sure, but to be honest, um, I do believe that he's also had his own extramarital affair. So it's just that same, same. his wasn't public. So, you know. It is what it is. Like I said, everything we said still stands. I mean, he has more power in that relationship, but at the end of the day, he's still more successful. So if there's any open relationship weird or stuff going on, I believe it comes from him. Agreed. Um, because he wants to have extramarital um affairs. And I think that's why she kind of holds some power over him because he doesn't want her to come out to stuff. Yeah, I believe what you were saying that he might be gay. <laughs> he might be gay, and maybe he doesn't want her. To tell the world that he's gay, I don't know. True. I mean, like I said, any anything is possible with the Smiths. <laughs> anything is possible, but we. Yeah, but we will end it there. Please, 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 um, DM us. Go on our Instagram at Other Side of the Atlantic. Let us know your thoughts. Um, I think this is going to be a very popular episode because it is a hot button issue right now, um, and it's very you know very relevant and up to date. So please share. Please like our post. Um, yeah, and please continue to follow us on our IG and wherever you find podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Thank you for always listening, as always. Until next time. Until next time. <laughs>